Tony. Someone is eating an apple. Yeah. And today we are talking about MGM's Tom and Jerry. I'm just talking about something. Okay. So I went to church today, and then someone at church tell us we they love the Blob Show. Oh, we got audience feedback. Do you remember who that was that said that? Lulu. It was Lulu. I think so. Great. Well, maybe Lauren will get to hear this episode. Do you want to give her a special shout out and say that we appreciate her? Mm-hmm. Love you, Lulu. Thanks for listening. So Tom and Jerry was an animated property released and distributed by MGM Studios. They had their own animation department from the late 30s until 1958. There were 161 total Tom and Jerry shorts that were distributed by MGM between 1940 and 1967. The first 114 were directed by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, and the first 96 of those were produced by Fred Quimby before he retired and Hanna and Barbera took over production duties through 1958. After that, Gene Deitch directed 13 shorts that were produced in Czechoslovakia by Rembrandt Studios from 1961 to 1962. And then in 1963, MGM contracted Sib Tower 12 Productions, which was the animation company started by Chuck Jones after he was released from Warner Brothers after breaking contract to complete his work on Gay Paris for UPA. He came over and they produced the last 34 Tom and Jerry shorts for MGM, which were the last Tom and Jerry shorts of the 20th century. Tom and Jerry went on to have an illustrious career on television, not only in packaged shows, but uh, new shows that began with the Tom and Jerry show in 1975, and then there was one in every subsequent decade, including the Tom and Jerry cartoon show in the 80s, Tom and Jerry kids in the 90s, Tom and Jerry Tales in the 2000s, and a show that began in 2014 that is still going today, The Tom and Jerry Show on Cartoon Network. Tom and Jerry had a lengthy run of success at the Academy Awards. They won a total of eight Oscars for Best Animated Short Film, which are the most by any single property. So today we're going to go over some of the classic Hanna-Barbera shorts that were produced by Fred Quimby. And that's right. The one I love is when there's that kitty cat. Not the matter kitty cat. Remember, not the, not the kitty cat. <sighs> the one who was like sitting and he had sunglasses. And then both of the kitty cat was fighting over her. You're talking about the girl, the one with the girl yeah, in it? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Springtime for Thomas, which came out in 1946. So, no, normally what happens in these cartoons is that Tom tries to chase Jerry, and then they get in fights and try to escape from one another. But in this one, Jerry was not being chased by Tom because because Tom was too worried about a girl cat, right? And then... The at the end, there's, there's, there's a mouse, and he found another mouse. 
What would you say that one was about? About loving others. Yeah, I think that one was about love, and I think that's funny that that was your favorite one because Tom and Jerry get a lot of flack for being very violent, and a lot of times that violence is unkind. That's kind of one of the things I don't like about the Tom and Jerry franchise. I remember being told when I was a kid by my mom, and I tried looking this up and never found any information on it, so I'm not sure if it was an urban legend and if it was an urban legend where my mom was hearing urban legends in the mid-80s. But I remember my mom telling me that a boy accidentally hurt or killed his younger brother by by hitting him with a hammer or doing something really violent that he said he saw on Tom and Jerry. So that's a that's an example of how, even if there is violence in cartoons or shows we watch, that we still remember the importance of being kind, right? And I remember when, when they had fire yeah i think i think you were talking about uh the yankee doodle mouse from 1943 that's the one where where tom and jerry go down into the basement and have a war this was the first tom and jerry oscar winner and what i liked about this one was going back and watching a lot of the wartime cartoon propaganda it gets tiresome but this one is a war film without specifically calling out the axis powers it's just a cat and a mouse going going to fight each other, and there's there's a lot of creative gags in this one. What were some of your favorite things that happened in that one? I like when they was all setting fire up. A lot of fireworks going off. Remember the cat that that blown up a lot. Yeah, Tom kept getting blown up in funny ways. Remember that he put dynamite in a paper airplane that that came back to get him. My favorite gag was when Jerry put a cheese grater on like a roller skate and. The cheese grater rolled by and grated Tom's butt. What happened at the end of that one? He was going to tie him up to a rocket ship, the mouse up, and then he just went blown up by itself. The mouse was pretending. Yeah, he was Jerry tiny. escaped. Um, um, he, he, the mouse was like tying him up. The mouse was tying himself up, and then he was like, "Tease ya!" And he got out when he tied him. And then it, he blowed it, but the moss wasn't in, and it just went right up in the air. Yeah, Tom ended up getting his hands tied to the rocket and blew up. And then the giant firework that lit off in the sky was shaped like the American flag. So that was one that's a very overt reference to the cat and the mouse being at war and always fighting with each other. But most of the Tom and Jerry cartoons, okay. by, mostly written by William Hanna, were just that, the two the two fighting each other, the two not liking each other and being very good friends. One example of Tom struggling to catch the mouse was the episode Mouse Trouble, the Oscar winner from 1944. That's the one where Tom gets a book called How to Catch a Mouse. But things don't go quite well for him, do they? Yeah. He tries to do it and it doesn't work. Yeah. What were some of the things he tried, do you remember? He tried to, like, throw that in the air or something. Yeah, Jerry was reading the book alongside him, so he would always be one step ahead of him. For, for the mouse went no, to, to fight him. Yeah. That one, I think, ends with Tom dying. Isn't that the one? Is that the one that ends with with Jerry resting nicely in his house and, and Tom turns into an angel and floats uh... away? Let's talk about some of the other characters that eventually show up in some of these Tom and Jerry cartoons. You want to talk about Spike the Bulldog? Do you remember the 
short called Quiet Please from 1945. Yep, he gave him those sleeping drops, right? And then it was like, she was like, it was like, he was sleeping forever. Spike is usually a secret weapon for Jerry. Spike will go after Tom if Tom is bothering Jerry, so it's this, it's this triangle. Tom can't get away with too much because Spike is the muscle. He was like, let me go to sleep. He was like, so angry. He was like, let me go to sleep. Let me go to sleep. Yeah. Spike shows up in a lot of these. Not my favorite character in the, in the franchise, but another character that showed up was Nibbles. Do you want to talk about the little mouse Nibbles who appeared in the episode The Little Orphan, the Oscar winner from 1949? And he said he was so hungry. Yeah. Nibbles, well, Nibbles was an orphan, and he was left at Jerry's doorstep on Thanksgiving Day to enjoy a large Thanksgiving meal. And he had no family. Well, that's right. He was an orphan. Do you think that because he was from an orphanage, it was why he was so hungry? And then at the end, he just ate all the chicken. Did he eat the whole turkey? Yeah. And remember, he was doing this. This one had another, this one had another battle in it where one commonality in many of these Tom and Jerry shorts are champagne bottles being used as weapons. Remember where he, they'll knock a cork when, off and the when, cork will when, fire. Remember when he put that orange in his mouth? Oh yeah, he ate a whole orange and it took up his whole bo his whole body was then shaped like his whole head was shaped like that orange, right? Yeah. It was it was like a circle. Nibbles was very hungry. Yeah, but he was like eating everything. Nibbles shows up again in nineteen fifty two's The Two Mouseketeers. That one was really strange. You remember that one where they they had swords? Remember on the one when when the mouse went on the prep? Oh, that's one of my favorites of all. Mouse in Manhattan from 1945. Mean you liked it? Well, it, when I was a kid, there was this variety, this local variety show called the Wallace and Ladmo Show, which was two guys that would film locally and then they would use cartoons to fill in. But we recorded one episode because a friend of mine was going to be on the show. This cartoon, Mouse in Manhattan, I watched a lot because that was one of the cartoons in that episode. That was that's probably one of my favorites, and what little we've seen of the new Tom and Jerry movie, it recycles a lot of gags from some of these shorts that we saw, and some of these I think are directly from Mouse in Manhattan because the whole movie also takes place in Manhattan. Remember when went to a lady's bathroom and then he was like, "Nope, I don't want to go in there." Oh yeah, he accidentally went in the powder room and got embarrassed. Remember when he went up to the very tip top of a skyscraper to have some dinner? Remember when he almost fell off the edge? Yep. He was so close. And did he fall off the edge? He didn't quite fall off. Well, he he, he did fall later, didn't he? And then those another cats came. That's right. He realized there were a lot of tomcats in Manhattan, so he hightailed it home very quickly. Even and though. Then, and then that guy came and stole the cats away. And then the cats were like, not again. <laughs> One of the things I appreciate about Mouse in Manhattan was even though it was made in the middle of the war era, there appeared to be no expense spared on the, on the look of the animation. Very lush, very full animation. A lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff later was limited animation, especially when they got into TV work. But these are very uh, beautiful to look at. A lot, of, a lot of movement, 
So my favorite Tom and Jerry's are, are the ones like that where even when they have differences, that they, they are really friends. I think the best example, especially early on, of them being good friends was the 1941 short, The Night Before Christmas. Do you remember the Christmas one? They wasn't good friends. They was fighting. Tom got a hold of Jerry and threw him out, didn't he? And then he was so cold. Did he know how to get home? He was freezing out there. He couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't get back inside. And what happened? He turned into a popsicle, right? Tom felt bad. Yeah, Tom, Tom felt bad about what he did and went and tried to get him back out of the snow. But he was frozen solid. How did he warm him back up? Was he sleeping with him? Yeah. And remember there was a nice Christmas fire? Now I'm cozy. Yeah. And was they both sleeping again? Yeah. That one ended with them being good friends. And there were, even, there were even some gags where they tried to undo the tricks that they were going to play on each other. Jerry realized that Tom helped him out, so he pulled a mouse trap out of Tom's milk dish so he um, wouldn't get caught with one. He got bad, that means that the night he was so cold. Yeah, he must have been very cold, right? Yeah, and then he got very warm, I think. Yeah. I have one more that I want to talk about here. So we're talking about the anarchic 1947 short, The Cat Concerto. What I love about it is while all the other Tom and Jerry's that we talked about today and almost all the ones in the Ovir are domestic, where the two of them are just going after each other in a suburban setting, this one, a full arena of people have shown up to watch Tom play a concert for them. Do you remember this one? And then the mouse came and was dancing. Nope, that's a different one, hun. This was the one where Jerry was asleep inside the piano. And then he woke up? Yep. The film goes through many different piano-based gags that are creative because it uses the piano as a tool for these gags. Yes. Tom didn't want to ruin his concert, so he kept trying to play, but Jerry kept trying to mess him up, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite story about the Cat Concerto is... I have a friend, Ian, who I used to work with, and he had a roommate at the time who was maniacally laughing in his own room to the point where my friend was kind of concerned about what could possibly be going on in there. And when they went to check on what was going on, this man was riotously laughing at the Tom and Jerry short cat concerto every time somebody would get their fingers smashed. Did you laugh a lot during these, Char? No. No? No, a little bit. Cat Concerto was followed by Johann Mouse in 1953, where Tom again played the piano, but in this one, Jerry was a dancing mouse, and the two of them, even though they were kind of enemies, they had to team up to be a, a successful song and dance team. And that's another gag that appears to be lifted for the new Tom and Jerry movie that we saw part of. You wanted you wanted to talk about something. You wanted to talk. You wanted to have a little debate over who was better, Tom or Jerry. Do you want to do that real quick? I love Jerry more. Jerry the mouse. Why is that? Because he's better fighting, and I like him. He is better at fighting. I would agree on that. <laughs> I'll put that to the next one. Okay, so I'm gonna have to defend Tom. What I like about Tom. Is, is Tom the cat? Tom is the cat. What I, what I like most is when Tom is kind of a doofus. 
there are there are many shorts in which Tom is just kind of cruel. I like it most when Tom is is made the fool. I think some of the reason Chuck Jones might have taken over this franchise okay, my turn. was his success at the Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote series. I like Tom the best when he's kind of like Wiley e. Coyote where he's he has these mad genius plans and then they all get thwarted. What else do you like about Jerry? I like when when he was trying to break stuff. Remember when when he robbed the plates? Oh yeah, that was in the very first Tom and Jerry short called Puss Gets the Boot, where Tom is getting in trouble because of how much mess is being made. So Jerry starts being really mean and trying to make him drop plates to get the cat in trouble in the house, right? Yeah. Then the mom is like, stop, Jerry, you're going to go upstairs you do that one more time. <laughs> right? Something like that. That one was funny. That was the very first Tom and Jerry, but they weren't called Tom and Jerry yet. I, I like that one. Tom was called Jasper, and Jerry was called Jinx in that one. What do you think is a better name, Tom and Jerry or Jasper and Jinx? Mm, I like... Who's Tomers? Who's Tom? Tom was Jasper in that one, and Jerry the Mouse was Jinx Mouse. Jinx Mouse? Yeah. That's silly. Do you like that name? Yeah. I would have I would have liked the name Jinx the Mouse. And I, I think I would have liked the name Jasper too. I think Jasper and Jinx would have been a good a good name for them. I don't know why they changed it to something more simple. Sometimes I have a lot of good ideas, but I don't have any ideas right now. Here, one thing I wanted to talk about before we were done for today is Blob Bites. This is a little episode from the Tom and Jerry show twenty fourteen. But there's two of them, remember? Yep, we're only going to talk about one of them today. This one was called What About Blob? Nutty. Yep. What, what I think was funny about this one is we, we have we have marsh we have marshmallow inside a practor, but he has cheese inside the practor. And that's too weird. What you liked about this show was that instead of roasting marshmallows at the fire, they were roasting cheese because they were mice? Yeah. What happened in this episode? Do you remember? It, it started off like the movie The Blob, right? Where a comet came crashing down to Earth. It broke open. A little green blob came out. Tom went to check it out. But what happened to Tom? He ate him. Yep, that blob did start eating people just like in the movie The Blob. Every time it ate someone, it kept growing bigger and bigger and taking over the town. And Jerry, who was kind of like a detective in this one, had to try to stop him. And he's a green blob. Yeah, it's a green blob. But he started eating the whole Swiss town, eating all the buildings, growing super size. Ate other mice, and mice got stuck inside. But finally, they made that blob work out on a treadmill. And the blob started running so fast to chase people that it lost all of its weight. And then everything that it ate, the mice and Tom, everything came out of that blob. And that's how they got away from that blob. So that was a creative way to, tr to get rid of that blob, right? Mm-hmm. There's some more Jerry movies. We're going to talk about them a different day. In future episodes, we might talk about the Gene Deitch era. We might talk about the Chuck Jones era. We might talk about the Nintendo game. We might talk about the new movie. 
There are also some direct-to-video Tom and Jerry movies about the Wizard of Oz, so we might we might follow those. So suspect there may be some Tom and Jerry in our future. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can always rate, review, and subscribe at your podcatchers and email us at Jerry. This is Tony and Charlie, and we will talk to you later. We. So bye.